is Friday, February 22nd, 2019. Now, the 22nd, wasn't a president born on the 22nd, like Washington or Lincoln or somebody? I don't remember. Anyway, um, I'm a few days, um, oh, got an email, a few days past where I wanted to normally do my podcast, but um, I had other things going on Tuesday and Wednesday, so I just decided I would wait until Friday. That was my first day of freedom to have time to do a podcast. But anyway, I want to start off by saying a big thank you to Big Fatty to having me on his opening (laughs) on um, the 20th, which was Wednesday. And he also uh, wished my husband and I a happy anniversary because Wednesday was our anniversary. We've been married for four years, but we've been together for 14 years. And we did, um, well, we did a couple things for our, um, anniversary. First of all, uh, it was snowing on Wednesday, so my husband had the day off, so we got to sleep late, have a nice breakfast, kind of have a lazy day, and then we went to one of our favorite restaurants for dinner. We went to Chef Jeff's, and even though it was snowy and actually by that time it was a little icy, we just, we drove up the street. We didn't want to walk in all that mess, so uh, it's only like three blocks up the street, but um, I felt more comfortable driving, so we drove. And there was, like, nobody in the restaurant because we got, like, I don't know, three or four inches of snow. And at that point, it was um, it had stuck to the streets. It hadn't started to melt yet. Like, the, But the temperature did start to rise. By the time we left the restaurant, all the snow had um, melted off. My, not melted, but, like, fallen off the car, except for the, what was on the roof. Um, because my earlier in the day, my husband went out and brushed off the majority of the snow off my car and his because he wasn't sure if he had to go to school or not. But he did go to uh, school, work, whatever, the next day with a two-hour delay, which is nice. But anyway, this this whole conversation uh, was just to say thank you to Big Fatty for wishing us a happy anniversary. That was very nice. And I put that on Facebook, a, a picture of us, and I think it got like 116 likes on it, which is probably the most I've ever gotten. I don't really know. I don't really follow that stuff too much. But um, anyway, so today's Friday and we are having a dinner party tomorrow night for some people who um, actually one couple has never been over before. So that'll be fun to have them over. And then um, another couple that we we always have over the Dales. Um, so we're going to have a dinner party tomorrow night. And I don't I think that's pretty much all for the weekend. We don't have anything planned for Sunday yet. But I have other things I want to talk about, and one being this um, this guy Jesse Smollett. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jesse J U S S I E Smollett or Smollett Smollett. I don't know. Well, this guy, as I'm sure many of you have heard, and I've saw, I've seen some of your comments on Facebook and stuff, that this guy has. Um, I don't know how to say it, but you know he he's an embarrassment to the gay community when he, uh, you know, allegedly, but I think it's true, allegedly he hired these two um, Algerians or Nigerians or something um, that who one of them was an extra on his show Empire because he's a, I guess it's a TV show. I don't watch that, but I'm sure it's a TV show. Anyway. He hired one of these extras and that one of the extras' friends to um, beat him up in Chicago, and he claimed uh, that it was um, a racist, homophobic um, beating and all that stuff. And you know, we, you've seen the news, and um, 
but it turns out that he hired them and they have the you know in the, the the stupid part is that he wrote the guys a check for $3500 in his own from his own personal checking account and they were seen on uh, on uh, surveillance surveillance camera in the store buying like um black uh face masks and stuff like that so He's embarrassed himself, and I wouldn't doubt it if he got fired from um, the show Empire at some point. The sad part is, is that he's, people were saying that he did it because he was not happy with his salary on Empire. But I heard this morning on Good Morning America that he's making $100,000 an episode on Empire. Uh, I don't think that's so bad, dude. I think you're... Because he, he's young, he's not, not doesn't seem to be that old. But anyway... And the, the fact that he's gay and he had someone, you know, yell homophobic slurs at him is just I mean, really sad, really, really sad and doesn't help the gay community at all. All right. Moving on, because the big thing is the Oscars. Did I just hear my front door being knocked on? I don't know. Sorry for that pause. Anyway, the Oscars are on Sunday night. It's the 91st um, Oscars, and there's not going to be a host. Um, and supposedly they're, they're hoping to cut out a lot of time of the monologue and stuff like that. So um, we'll see. But I have spent the last couple of days watching a lot of movies. I started, I think, on... It was on Wednesday because we had the day off. And we watched um, Bohemian Rhapsody after dinner. Um, and that was a really good movie. And Rami Malek, it's, uh, you can see why he's winning a lot of awards this year, because he did such a great job as Freddie Mercury. Even though he's not as tall as Freddie Mercury, he still did a really good job. I, I, we, re- we both really liked that movie. And then I watched, the next day I think I watched, um, oh yeah, I watched Can You Forgive Me with um, Melissa McCarthy. She's the, the movie itself is not nominated, but she is nominated for Best Actress. Now, you know what I really need to do is print out my ballot. I'm going to turn on the printer. You can probably hear that noise. And because I, I meant to do this before, print out my ballot so I can see all of them. There goes the printer. Here we go. We're going to print this real fast. But I can tell you that I'm looking at the ballot while I'm, you know, got the computer up. And as I said, shh. Oh, there goes the printer. <laughs> It'll be really fast, I promise. Um, she is nominated for Actress in a Leading Role. And who's she up against? She's up against the Mexican lady who was in Roma. Um, Glenn Close for The Wife. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. And Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? So I watched that movie, and it was a really good movie. Um, she, I don't think she's winning the awards. No, you know who is winning the awards this season? Okay, that's printed out. Uh, it is Glenn Close who's winning a bunch of awards for her role in The the Wife. Now, I, for some reason, thought The Wife was a TV uh, show, but it's not. It's an, it was a movie, because I w- ended up watching that one, too. I should probably just tell you all the movies I watched and then discuss them. Um so, in the last couple of days, I've watched Bohemian Rhapsody, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Roma, Black Klansman, um, let me look at these movies, uh, Today I Just Watched A Star Is Born, and 
Oh, last night we watched Black Panther. So I've watched all of the um, Best Picture nominees except for The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. The reason I haven't seen those is because they, they're not for rent on iTunes. They're still in the theaters, I believe. So you can, but you can buy the DVDs. For, I mean, the uh, buy the movie on iTunes for like fourteen ninety nine, and I haven't decided if I want to spend that kind of money just to watch those movies. And it's, I mean, to buy them because I probably won't ever watch them again, just to because I just want to watch them for the for the Oscars. But let's talk about the individual movies. And we just started talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, and as I said, I really like that. Um, I think I mentioned I talked I was um, messaging with somebody on Facebook, friends of mine, and. They asked me what I thought of the movie of Bohemian Rhapsody, and I said, "Well, I liked the movie, and I thought Rami Malek did a great job." But they had some chronological inconsistencies with uh, real life. Granted, um, I don't even know if they're considering it a, a fictionalized story of Queen and Freddie Mercury, but like for example, um, he married this the woman. I can't think of her name, Rami Malek, or I should say. Freddie Mercury married this lady in 1970, and then I think in 76 they got divorced. But in the movie, they don't make it sound like they got divorced until the early 80s. So there's that. And then um, the song We Will Rock You, I think, wasn't out until like 1980, but yet they had it as if they were doing it in the 70s. So, I mean, there's things like that where there, there are some inconsistencies chronologically chronologically but you know not everyone would know that and um it doesn't change the story in any way whatsoever really but um anyway so the movie was good that was bohemian rhapsody and the next on the list is um can you forget can you ever forgive me now this was melissa mccarthy's um movie it's her first serious movie i believe and she was nominated for um best actress now also from that movie the guy who um, plays with her in that movie, um, what's his name? Where is it? Oh, he was supporting actor. He is Richard E. Grant for act, best actor in a supporting role. Um, he was okay. I don't think he's going to win the Oscar, and probably um, Melissa McCarthy is not going to win the Oscar either. But this is this was a tiny little film. It only made like ten million dollars, but I thought the story was really good, and it's based on um, you know a real real life story of this um, lady who was an author and she wrote biographies and then she, you know, fell on hard times and then she started stealing uh, personal letters from the stars and selling them. Um, well, she didn't steal them, but she found one at first and then she started using different typewriters to type out these letters to fake them. And then she would go to libraries and actually um, replace the real letter with a fake one so that, you know, when they were trying to authenticate it, they would they'd be able to say that it was real. So anyway, she eventually got caught, and she had to spend, uh, or she had um, five years of probation and six months of house arrest, so she didn't have to go to jail. But then she had to pay restitution charges for all, or restitution money for all the people who she uh, swindled. Um, now that's a quick uh, tell of the story, but it was a really good movie. So if you're looking for something, you know, a, a simple movie that's not a big blockbuster um, that I found interesting, even though the character that Melissa McCarthy played I did not like, but um, the movie itself I thought was really good. So think about that one. So another one that we watched um, was Black Klansman. Now, this one is where Spike Lee finally is nominated for direct Best Director. 
And Black Klansman is the story of this black cop in Colorado Springs, Colorado, who um, basically infiltrates the uh, Ku Klux Klan. However, since he's black, he can't actually go to the meetings or meet anybody. So they have another cop who is Adam Driver. The actor Adam Driver um, plays this part of the guy who actually goes to the um, Klan meetings and he meets um, David Duke and all these other people. Now, it also turns out that um, Adam Driver is nominated for an Oscar for Black Klansman in the actor in a supporting role. So you have um, Spike Lee and Adam Driver for Black Klansman. I'm trying to think if there are any other people who were nominated. Oh, I'm sure there are other Oscars, like, I don't know, costume design or whatever, but um, I'm not really paying attention to those right now. So um, Adam Driver did a great job, but I don't think he's going to win the Oscar. I'm not going to pick him for the Oscar. Um, and the movie was pretty good, actually. It's funny because the, the movie, I kind of got, you, I don't know if anybody else got this impression, but I got the impression that Spike Lee was trying to make this like a 1970s um cop show kind of thing because they played music that made me think of like uh, Starsky and Hutch and um, they had outfits and cars and um, like the guy who the main character um, had this big afro like it was um, exaggerated kind of thing and I, I, so I was kind of getting, getting the idea that Spike Lee was taking the route of a tongue-in-cheek kind of 70s um, cop show um, I don't know if anybody else got that same um, feeling about the sh about the movie or not, but that's what I got from it. And interesting thing, at, at the end of that movie, Spike Lee plays all of the clips um, from the um, incidents in Charlottesville, Virginia, with the um, white supremacists and the um, the car driving and killing that girl and stuff. That actually, the very ending was very powerful when you see all that stuff put together with this whole movie of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, a little scary, but um, quite moving. So that's Black Klansman. Again, another good movie, but I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I saw, I've seen more too. So then I saw... Um, uh, Roma. Did I already talk about Roma? No. I saw Roma on, maybe that was on Tuesday. Okay, Roma is a, a Mexican, uh, it's in the foreign um, foreign film category, but it's a Mexican movie. It's in black and white, and it takes place in 1970 and 1971. And basically, in a um, relatively wealthy part of Mexico, Mexico City, there's this family, and where the father is a professor of some kind and the mother is like a stay-home mother and they have uh three kids three or maybe it's four no, i think it's just three kids and then they ha they have um maids or or housekeepers and basically it's about this one maid even though there's two maids there um and i can't even think of her name like because it was in subtitled because i you know it's a mexican movie but basically goes through her uh, this small section of her life when she's working for these people and the the husband um doesn't really you know care for how she works how they work because the house seems to always be messy and so forth um and they have a dog but they don't have a yard and the dog shits in the driveway where the cars are and it's just it's a mess but um so she goes out, she, I guess she kind of has a boyfriend, and they go out and they go to a movie, but they skip the movie and go to a hotel and they have sex, and then she gets pregnant, and then she um, 
when she tells him that she's pregnant, he leaves her and then he's gone. And so she's on her own. And then, um, I mean, it goes on like just basic old everyday life stuff and, until she's ready to have the baby. And um, they're in a shopping, uh, like a, I don't know if it's a mall or uh, just a store, but um, outside the store is they're near a university and the students at the university are protesting and somehow the protesters bring this into the store while they're in there shopping for a crib and this one guy gets shot in the head and killed and and so all of this trauma um, kind of sets uh, the woman into or puts the woman into labor and she um, her water breaks and they have to take her to the hospital it takes forever because they're stuck in traffic because of the um, protests and stuff. But um, then the, the baby is uh, ends up being born dead. So, um, of course, she's a little upset about that. But um, then you get past that, and then she, um, they're with the, the mother and the father of the family are um, decide they're going to get a divorce. And so the mother takes the kids and the maid on a little vacation to, so that they can get out of the house so that the father can take all his stuff out of the house while they're gone. And on the vacation, two of the kids are out in the ocean and the mother says, don't go out too far. You know, you, you know, you can drown so easily and stuff. So the kids go out there and sure enough, they wade too far and they, and they get stuck in the current or whatever. And the maid has to run out there and save them. And when they get back to the shore, um, because the mother had taken the youngest son somewhere, I don't know, but, um, when they get back to the shore, they're all like, oh, thank you so much. You saved our lives, blah, blah, blah. And um, she, the maid is hugging the mother, you know, and the mother's saying, thank you. You know, you're, you're so good to us. You're so, you know, you saved my children, blah, blah, blah. And then the maid tells the lady, you know, because she was so emotional about saving the kid. She's like, I never wanted that baby in the first place. You know, so she was like, I didn't really care if it died because I didn't really want it because she doesn't have a husband and the guy left her and all that stuff. So, okay, so that's basically the movie. I know, I'm t again, I'm telling it really fast, but I don't get it. I mean, first of all, in foreign language films, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed it, they don't play a lot of music. So, you know, American films, they um, elicit feelings through the music and through uh, the pictures, you know, the, the scenery and all. But this film had, like, very little music in it, so it's, it's really hard to... You know, feel the same way the characters are because it's just it's lacking in that those dramatic um, kind of things. So, I mean, I didn't get the. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. Has any? Okay. So, if, has anybody else seen Roma? And if so, can you explain to me not the story because I certainly saw the story, but what's the big deal? Because Roma seems to be winning all of these awards this season. So, I have a feeling it's a strong, strong contender for best picture. And also for the director, Alfonso Curion. I can't pronounce his name properly, but um, yeah. So I think Roma has a good chance of being picture um, best picture. Now, that would be interesting because it, I think it's only happened one other time where they, a foreign language film was chosen as best picture. Maybe it was more than once. But anyway, so that's Roma. The last movie that I saw was just a couple hours ago. I saw um, A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and... Um, Lady Gaga and I believe if I look to see here is Bradley Cooper up for no he's not oh no he was shut out of the director category but Lady Gaga is um, up for actress in a leading role 
for A Star is Born. That's really a tough, that's going to be a tough category. Um, oh, I didn't talk about the wife. Okay, I'll get to the wife next. But this this podcast is going to go a little bit long. So you just have to bear with me. Um, so A Star is Born. This is like the fourth time A Star is Born um, has been remade. Or at least three three remakes in the in the original, but um, it kind of kind of goes along the same lines as the other ones. You know, this lady is discovered. Um, she becomes very successful, and then there's a tragedy, and that's really pretty much the whole movie. Um, I was actually kind of shocked. Now, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to give you a little spoiler here. I was actually shocked that the Bradley Cooper character kills himself at the end. Um, I wasn't really expecting that. That that may have been the only um, surprise in the movie, but Lady Gaga's voice is amazing. She does a, a, a great job of singing all the songs, and there's a couple really good songs in there. Bradley Cooper, um, first of all, he I know that he's in the movie. He plays an alcoholic, drug drug addicted guy, but he's always greasy. His hair is always greasy. His face is always sweaty. There wasn't one time where he looked like he was cleaned up. Well, I guess, you know, Drug addicts and alcoholics look like that, but um, I, I didn't like his character at all. And I didn't like the way they made him, but clearly, I mean that, that that's what that they did it on purpose, I guess. Um, I wasn't all that impressed with the movie. People seem to think that it's a great movie. Uh, I was just like, eh, I don't think it's that great, um, and I don't think it's going to win, um, you know, best picture. Okay, last one. The Wife. This is the Glenn Close movie that she's been winning all the awards this um, this award season. Um, the Wife is about a, a wife whose husband is a famous writer, and later in life, he wins the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, on the way, you know, they, they go over to um, Stockholm, Sweden to accept the award, and there's all this drama in the family. The son goes with them, and the son's a, a budding writer, but he, but his father won't tell him about, you know, give him a critique about his writing, and his mother, but his mother tells him he's doing a great job, and um, every time the husband introduces his wife, they ask, the people say, what do you do? And she wants to say that she's a writer, but um, he's, he, the, father, the husband says, oh, she's not a writer. Yeah. But really, what it, it turns out that um, all of his success is because of her. She wrote all of his books because when she was back in college, she was told that um, women are going to have a hard time uh, becoming authors because nobody will publish their books. That in publishing houses, it's like an old boys network, and they'll only publish men's work. So, um, so she decides she wasn't going to be a writer, even though she was an excellent writer. So she ends up um, saying, "You know, I'm I'm tired. I, all all these years, I've been supporting you, and I've written your books, and also she finally says, I'm I'm leaving you." Well, they have another kid who's who was pregnant but didn't come along with them to Sweden, and the the girl calls and says, oh, I've had the baby. So they kind of reconcile for like two seconds. But then um, he, the the husband, has a heart attack and dies on the bed. Um, so like when, when he dies, the first thing I'm thinking of, of is that no one will believe her if she says, I did all of his writing. I wrote all of these books. He didn't do it. But there's this biographer who's kind of through the whole movie, um, who's it's played by Christian Slater. Um, who kind of bugs him about they, he wants to write his biography, but he knows that she did all the writing and he knows about all the, the husband's affairs and stuff throughout the years. And this guy's uh, style of biography writing is like salacious. He always finds the, the, uh, 
skeletons in the closet and he writes about them. So she's afraid that he's going to write about all this stuff. So on the plane back from Sweden and she's kind of like reconciled the guy dying and stuff. She's with her son and he's sitting in the seat next to her and she's he's asleep. And this biographer comes by because they're on the same flight. And he says, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss and stuff like that. And they just chat for a quick second. And then she says, um, if you write anything about me, you know, writing the story, writing all of his books and stuff, then I will sue you. And that's pretty much the end. I thought it was an, an amazing story. I thought um, uh, Glenn Close did an absolutely amazing job. Um, it's not up for best picture, is it? No, it's not. Not up for best picture, but um, I thought it was an amazing story. If you haven't seen The Wife, I would really suggest you see it. Now, quick picks before I end this. Um, So for best picture, I actually think Green Book is going to win. Even though I have not seen it, I kind of think that um, Green Book is going to win. Now, for actress in a leading role, um, I think it's going to be Glenn Close. For actress in a supporting role... I think it's going to be Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, Actor in a leading role, I think that's going to go to um, probably Rami Malek from um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Or it could go to Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I'm not sure between the two of those. Then again, it could be Christian Bale for Vice. So that's kind of up in the... Oh, and Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. Hmm. That's going to be tough. That's that's a really tough... um, category there. But I think I'm going to go with Rami Malek because he's the one who's been winning all the awards this season. And then finally, actor in a supporting role. Um, you've got Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for Starsborn. Actually, he did a good job too. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. Sam Rockwell has been um, pretty hot the last two years. So um, he might win. But it but it will probably be Mahershala Ali for Green Book. So we will see on Sunday night. I'm sorry this has gone so long. It's like some 20, 25 minutes or longer. But I just have to discuss my Oscar picks. I'm not going to do all the other ones, obviously, just those five. I mean, oh, for director, I didn't choose my director. I think the director is going to be maybe for Roma, Alfonso Curion. Yeah, that's who I'm going to pick. All right. So those are my picks for the Oscars. Um, tell me what you think if you've seen these movies or which one's your favorite and stuff like that because I think that would be um, cool to hear from other people. All right, that's all I have for today. Sorry I went so long. Until next time, bye.